And we'll start it off with Steve Barlow from Mute Zone. Steve, go ahead. I think you're muted there, Steve. A damn mute button, I swear. Um, <laughs> Coach, uh, I'll, I'll lead off with the same question that I asked Coach Harding. And just you know, over the last year, you know, with – uh, with what you guys accomplished last year and coming into this season, what do you feel you've learned and how do you feel you've grown and evolved as a coach and as a, as a human being in the program? You know, you, you never know what you're able to withstand until it's right upon you. I mean, I never thought that I would be able to get some of my young kids to play through the level of pain that they went through. I didn't know if I could respond that way, but you are able to do so much more than you think you can. That's what I learned. And kids will respond in the exact same manner. You know, it's really more than anything I've ever seen. What you put your mind to, you can absolutely do because we had to set aside so much, you know, time and time again throughout the season. We set aside, and it, what, what folks don't understand is while we had some success, it almost felt heavier, like you didn't want to mess it up, like you really wanted to to do a really good job for, you know, the folks that we lost, and you start pressing too hard. So it was really trying to rein back the emotion, sometimes control your emotion, but it was achievable. And even though it, it felt in the moment sometimes insurmountable, it was absolutely achievable. So you can do hard things. You know, I tell my, my own children, you're tough as nails. I say it to my football players, you're tough as nails, tough as nails mentally and physically. And so that's what I learned about myself, that despite what it may look like, it's okay. We can get through it and not only get through it, we can really thrive and excel. Next question, we'll go to Jeff Call from the Desert News, followed up by Cole. Hey, Coach. Uh- could you tell me a little bit about uh, Clark Phillips' development? What have you seen out of him, particularly last year, uh, his growth and maybe development as a, as a corner? Clark continues to just starts to master just the small things. That, that's what I love about him. I mean, Clark, when he first got here, he, we met so much, it was ridiculous. We, because of the COVID year, we had uh, so many more opportunities to to visit on Zoom and talk. And he would be up here just as much as I'd be up here. I'm like, I'm at the facility, coach, I'm coming. Whether it's in the afternoon, the evening, two in the morning, it didn't matter. He was coming. So he had an insatiable appetite from the beginning. And he fell in love with film. And I told him, I said, if you really want to become the player that you really are aspiring to, fall in love with film. Fall in love with watching yourself in great corners, great receivers. Don't get tired of the jewels and the nuggets that are embedded in true film study. And, and that that's what I'm most proud about with Clark. He's calling me now, telling me about our opponents, not just Florida, but the next few opponents. Coach, I was watching them. I was watching them. And that fires me up when you have a ball player like that. So really his acumen has increased. His desire to become really a smart football player has increased so much. Clark continues to change his body. You know, when he first got here, he was such a rock and he's still cut and chiseled, but he's trying to elongate those muscles. And I've seen it firsthand, the uh, explosion 
that I've witnessed that he didn't have his first year here. He is able to move and get in and out of a break so much more uh, quickly, much more fluid. Yeah, I, I love his desire to make plays where he's like, Coach, I'm going to take a chance. And it's becoming really a calculated chance where film study, his own confidence is starting to produce really good results. And that's what I'm seeing at fall camp. Just his evolution of confidence, you know, film study and his ability to start trusting his body and instincts. Next up, we will go to Brian Brown. Mute zone. See your hand there, Brian. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you. You've got a lot of depth in this group. Players returning with experience, both with, you know, Clark and JT, but also Fabian and Zamaya. How do you balance getting some of the younger guys developed with also keeping the rest of the group sharp? And, and, and you talked about Clark trying to elongate those muscles and everything like that. How does that, how does that juxtaposition go um, when you're preparing for an opponent like Florida? Yeah, you have to be absolutely transparent. Uh, when you have a collection of really good ball players, some kids who are now returning to the room with experience and kids that you're going to rely on heavily, like Clark or Travis. I mean, we don't win without, we don't win the championship last year without Fabian Marks, Zamaya Vaughn, Malone Mataele. You know, we don't, we don't win. And those players come back now with a renewed and new sense of confidence and accomplishment. So. I remember in 2018 and 2019, I was able to rotate quite a few ball players, And I told them in the beginning of fall camp, listen, no one is going to play 70 plays this game. Nobody. I'm not going to run anybody into the ground because if we can stay fresh and still be productive and everybody eats, we're going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal unit. So this is what I'm telling this group. I want them to, to make every single rep that they earn count. Don't count the reps. Just, just make the reps count. And they're starting to really understand that everybody can achieve their dreams. No one has to play 70 plays in order to get on the NFL's radar. Coach, I didn't play 69 and a half plays. They won't see me. I promise you, they'll find you and they'll see you if you're showing up in your 20 plays, your 25 plays. And if we're able to manage it in that fashion, we go through having healthier corners, uh, more productive corners, and, you know, in the waning moments of a game in that fourth quarter we're not exhausted we're fresher when teams are taking the ball deep on us if we can just bring everybody along and they understand that we'll all be successful if we are earning the playing time and we're not worried about how many reps i'm getting but every single rep that i do get it's counting so transparency that's a great question next question we'll go to josh newman from the trip hey sharif how are you Josh, I'm well. Thank you. Um, just to go back to Clark for a second, if you think back to um, March of 2020, you know, when he first showed up, um, did he come off as maybe a little more mature, a little more prepared, a, l- a little more ready than your average college freshman? Yes. Yeah. Clark, it, he reminded me of Jalen. When I recruited Jalen, Jalen told me at his house in Fresno, he said, Coach, I'll be with you for three years. I'm going to earn my degree and I'm going to the league. Those were Jalen's words. Man, did he do exactly what he said he was going to do? And I told Jalen, if you really want to do that, it will require a Herculean effort from you. You have to give up certain things. You can't party like these other boys. You need to get more sleep. 
and he did it and followed it to just to the letter of the law. Clark, almost the exact same coach. Here are my goals. I want to be an all-conference player. I want to be here with you for this many years. I want to get my degree, and I want to go to the league. Clark has worked himself into a phenomenal position uh, at being somebody that the league is considering a potential a top-round prospect, and for good reason, you know, for good reason. But he did come more mature. Clark never came to Utah following anybody else's lead. He has always expressed his belief and faith in God. He's held himself out as a man that does not want to do certain things because it goes against his morals and his beliefs. That kind of um, that that drew a lot of uh, <laughs> just, you know, the boys are going to be boys. And so they teased him like, oh, you, you know, you're too cool to kick it with us or you don't like us because we're not this type of way. He was mature enough as a freshman to say, yeah, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be around this group of individuals. I don't want to put myself in this position, you know, being at this type of party. He just understood that. And he, which is a credit to his mother and father, phenomenal people who absolutely love and adore, but they raised their children to be God-fearing children, to be able to stand up on what they believe and not follow, but lead. And if I'm only leading myself to the right path, then that's all the numbers I need. And so Clark was comfortable in his own skin and it proved to be so beneficial for him when he wasn't chasing the crowd because now the crowd is starting to chase him. And his example of film study, extra work after practice, getting guys together on the weekend. Just yesterday, Sunday, I had five of the guys in the room. I was just there working by myself and I, they pop up, coach, what's up, what you doing? I'm like, look at you guys here to do what? Here to do what you're doing, watching film. I loved it. And that wasn't always the case, but that's the culture that we try to kind of promulgate in the cornerback room. Work harder, just work harder. And good things happen if you just work harder. And just a quick follow-up to that. Go Sorry. ahead, Josh. Sorry, Ryan. Um, uh, are you able to expound just a little bit? Um, you know, you mentioned his parents and his upbringing. Are you able to expound just a little bit on, you know, from your vantage point, how how much his parents have um, have been a factor in his life? Clark, for example, Clark does not go one day without talking to his mother every day, whether it's in the evening, in the morning. Mom is going. He will find time and make time to call his mom. She has called when we were in film study at whether it's at eight in the morning, nine at night. One in the morning, she was like, she would tell him, boy, leave Coach Shaw alone and go home. Stop messing with this man and let him go to his family. And Clark is like, mama, no, he said that we're okay. So the one thing that I love is Clark's consistency to always check in with mom. Dad is, his dad is his best friend, mentor, and true confidant. His father is so good because Vic Clark Sr. never wanted to be Clark's best friend. He just wanted to Tell him, look, this is where you are. This is what you're lacking. What are you willing to do to kind of make up the difference? And Clark took it to heart. You know, and it always came from such a place of love. His father being a man of the cloth, having his own congregation. And so speaking to Clark in a word of wisdom, it always came from such a good faith-based place that Clark received it, internalized it, and recognized it's not my daddy cutting me down, but build, but trying to build me up. It was wonderful. His brother, the same. He has a brother at Tennessee State, who I love, Bryce. Just wonderful. And his baby sister, who has an angelic voice. 
his family are they're so tight, and he is who he is because of his brother, his baby sister, and his mother and his father that have continued to pour into him so much love. Thank you, Sheree. Absolutely. We got time for one more. We'll go to Josh Furlong from KSL. Hey, Sharif, obviously uh, JT could have been a great asset for you guys last year, but with his injury that, that kind of, you know, hurt a little bit. But what, what are you seeing from his acclimation back to the system and being able to, to get in there? What, what are you seeing from him as, as you enter this season? Man, that, that's an awesome question, JT. I, I absolutely love that boy. You know, it was so good to have him back this spring uh, because he came in just rusty, you know, and you can play corner your whole life. And when you've been out for four to five months, you remember it, you remember certain things, but it's still that muscle memory and having the rust knocked off is, is painful. So he came in heavier than he wanted to be. He, he, we didn't trust his shoulder as much. So some of the blocks almost appeared. Are you scared to strike? And JT has never been that way. So when he got comfortable using his shoulder, when he started running and his weight began to get exactly where he wanted to be, you could see his confidence just soar. He is such a valuable asset to our room, not only because of the plays that he's made for the program, but the workman-like attitude he brings every day. Just a pleasant kid to be around, fun in the room. So he gives us the depth that we need because JT is one of my more physical corners. You know, given his size at about six feet, right at around 193, legitimate 4'3 kid, but he shows up on the edge. JT had it. And I tell the boys in the room, he had one of the nicest blocks on run support. We had a, a one of our pulling guards just, I mean, in the, the new rule, as you will know, nobody can, the corners cannot cut the big alignment anymore. And some of our guys are like, well, what are we going to do? Well, let's play big boy football. You need to put your hat and hands right on his face mask. And JT came up, met the lineman right behind the line of scrimmage, one yard, smacked him, separated, threw him off. And made the play, I was like, I can look at that play a hundred times. And that is the epitome of what JT brings. Just a silent assassin, never up, never down, just always even killed. You can coach him as hard as you want to. He doesn't shy away from it, but he brings another level of maturity to the room we need when we go through the ups and downs of what a college football season will be. Coach, if it's all right with you, I did see Jeff Carl raise a hand before I could call last question. Is it okay if we squeeze in one more from Jeff quickly? Yes, sir. Right, Jeff, go ahead real quick. Hey, thanks a lot. Just really quick. Um, in terms of special teams, who will be returning kicks and punts, kickoffs and punts this year? Yeah, that has yet to be determined. I can tell you that a few people look fantastic back there, whether it's on the punt return side. Vele, I love Keithy. I love um, Money Parks, Clark Phillips. You know, there are a bevy of boys that are consistently putting in good reps during our specialist period that I can go back and really track how they're seeing that ball come off that punter's leg. Are they able to kind of adjust on those windy days? So those are the folks that are kind of gaining my attention right now. Also, Taekwon Gilmore, our Juco kid that just came in, he tracks the ball really well. As it relates to kickoff returners, the person I love the most right now is Bernard. Um, Kai Bernard, followed again by Clark Phillips, easily Money Parks, uh, Vele, and that off returner would be either, you know, could be Vaki, uh, Sione Vaki, who is just a freakish athlete. Sione, great hands, unbelievable blocker, 
Then again, having whether it's valet service, both the primary and off Makai, Cope, King, Savage, Charlie Vincent. We have quite a few people that have demonstrated, coach, I can field the ball, I can make good decisions, and I have the ability to get this ball going north and south quickly. Really appreciate it, coach. Thanks so much for the time. Absolutely. Thank you, guys.